Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Welcome, everybody. This is Heather Hall, and today with me, I have my good friend, Gina Hardin. Gina Hardin and I have known each other online for several years throughout different principal approach and Bible principles groups. And also, we finally got to meet in a course that we took with Ben Gilmore. It was his uh, Principles of American Government course. And today, we are talking about her newly launched podcast called Liberty Grows. Gina, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Gina, what's your educational background? I, I, well, I actually went to a Christian, private Christian school starting in kindergarten, and that's where I accepted the Lord. Um, did not grow up going to church, but, you know, my kindergarten garden teacher told me that John 3.16 And it was kind of uh, really good for me because I had a strong relationship with the Lord my whole life, but was never really, um, never really given a lot of religion. It was always my choice. um, So I really appreciate that. And um, I, we moved around a lot. My dad was in real estate. And so I went to that school for about half of the time. So I would say half of my education was at private school. And then I went to public school from seventh through 12th grade. Um, and then went to the University of Southern California, another private school for, for college. And during your experience in public school, did you ever um, learn anything about patriotism and the history of our nation? How does that compare to what is being taught today? I think I did. Um, you know, in the 70s, uh, which is when I was in elementary school, it was a much different time. There was still, there was still teaching, especially in a Christian school, there was still, you know, a Christian worldview. And I, now that I'm a homeschooler, I, I'm very curious as to what books were used back there, back then. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but, um, but I think part of what drew me to, to the principal approach was um, just some familiar th- themes that were familiar to me from my, from my upbringing. Mm-hmm. That sounds similar to my experience. I was homeschooled for the most part, but I did have um, education in the public school for the first grade, and then I was in a private Christian school for the second grade and then the ninth grade. And I do remember saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I do remember singing some patriotic songs. And so, um, and then my parents used some of the homeschool or the Christian curriculum that they got from the private school I had attended in second grade. And they used that. And of course, back then you pretty much had a Becca and maybe one or two other curricula that was out there for Christian schools. And so I was a little bit familiar with our history to a degree as a nation through a Becca. But like you, when I learned about the principal approach, I was, it resonated with me because of the patriotism that's there that we learn about. Well, fortunately, I I really had a a solid um, Christian foundation in those early years. So when I got to public school, even even just as, you know, 12 years old in seventh grade, once I was exposed to evolution and, and, you know, abortion and all these different issues, I was, I really had a solid faith and wasn't going to be swayed by that point. Mm -hmm. And then how many children do you have now and how long have you been homeschooling them for? I have five children, ages six to 14, and we started homeschooling when my oldest was in kindergarten, so pretty much done it the whole thing. 
And the interesting thing was I, I basically decided to homeschool because I just thought it was what God wanted me to do and it was the right thing to do. But I had no idea how much I would love it and how much it would change my life. Oh, I know. It's, it's exciting because we actually learned so much more while we're homeschooling our kids, right? Yes, definitely. I, I would I say I learned more teaching kindergarten than I learned at USC. Yes, I can I can totally relate to that, especially when, because we started out using the no plan curriculum um, first thing, and when I was going through the Bible principles and the leading ideas and the lessons with our kids, I was learning so much. It's very right. enriching. I didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't I didn't know that I didn't know how to think, <laughs> and I didn't know how much socialist ideas had crept into into, you know, if you asked me, I would say I I hate socialism, but I didn't realize that I had actually, you know, many socialist ideas I didn't even realize were socialist ideas until I started studying American Christian education. Oh, right. It's very subtle in some areas. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can relate to that as well. Having my view expanded on what that is and where it's crept in and how that came about. So that definitely underscored the importance of teaching with a principal approach once I started to learn how to think and reason more governmentally. Right. Um, so how did you learn about the principal approach? So when we started, we joined a co-op um, when my oldest was starting kindergarten and they gave me this little like three ring notebook um, that's kind of providential, huh? <laughs> um, with uh, just a few pages, it looked like it was print out, printed out from the internet or something, describing various um, teaching methods and, and, you know, different types of homeschool programs. And so I was just skimming through that, and there was just a little paragraph on the principal approach, and it just resonated with me, and I knew that was the one I wanted to do. And so I started from there, I, you know, started look, Googling online about principal approach and um and one day i was at at our co-op and the librarian said to ask me if i knew a woman named katherine dang and i had never heard of her and evidently katherine dang is was a master teacher in the principal approach and she had you know had been a frequent um, homeschool conference speaker and stuff like that and so the librarian gave me um i think three of her cds And they were titled, First Things to Learn and Teach About Education, First Things to Learn and Teach About Government, and First Things to Learn and Teach About History. And I put them in my car and started listening, and I was blown away. I I never heard or learned anything like it. And and she was teaching about the principle of Christian self-government. And so... I knew I needed to, I needed to study this more. And so I, I, after I was out of the car, I, I um, listened to those CDs again at home where I could take notes. And, and then I found her website, which is the Philomath, which is philomathfoundation.com and went on there and she had a whole bunch of free audio downloads. So I literally spent a week with a three ring spiral notebook and a pen and listened to every, every audio download she had. I read everything on her blog. (laughs) And then the greatest thing happened. It it turned out she was coming to my area in Southern California to, to teach. Um, I believe in like October it was, you know, we had just started in September. So she was coming down in October and that began um, 
a regular, she would, she would come down every quarterly, quarterly every year um, from that time until the present. And I've, I've been able to sit under her tutelage and, and learn all about American Christian education. That has to be amazing to be able to sit at the feet of a master teacher like that with the PA. It is, it is. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a little, it's a little um, sad when she, when she says to me, oh, you still have a lot to learn. <laughs> but, but, um, but fortunately, she's not going anywhere. And um, yeah, there is, there's a lot to learn, but it's, it's been a fantastic ride. And I'm very grateful that, that God brought her into, into my life. Well, and it, it's like that, right? The fact that there's a lot to learn because that's how it is with the Bible, right? None of us are going to actually arrive to the understanding or knowledge of everything at one point. So it keeps us moving forward with learning because we get hungry. We want to know more about the Lord. We want to know more about his plans and purpose and his principles and how to apply it to our lives. It's um, true because learning is all about knowing God more. And so there's always more to, more to learn. My husband and I, for many years, have had the saying in the morning, we, we tell each other, learn something today. And um, there's all, yeah, with home education, there's always something more to learn. That's a great way to start the day. I like that. Thank so you. backtracking a little bit, and then I'll for, fast forward back to more about misting. What was it in that paragraph on the principal approach that grabbed you? You know, without looking at it, I don't recall exactly, but I know there was a, a there were patriotic undertones to it. And, um, you know, it talked a lot about, you know, providential history and America's Christian history. And, and I've, I've, I love my country. I've been a patriot my whole life. Fourth of July is my favorite holiday next to Christmas. So, um, so I think that just resonated with me. And, um, and also I think my pastor, the pastor of our church, used the principal approach uh, in homeschooling his five daughters. And I didn't know it at the time because I was single and wasn't really paying attention um, to, you know, to what was happening with the homeschooling community. But I think when I, when I reread those things, they were they just sounded very familiar to me. Hmm. That's pretty rare to have a pastor that applies it or is using it in their homeschool. Did he also apply it to his sermons? Um, not directly, but he would make, he would make reference to things such as, you know, the gospel has been expanding westward and talk about God as our, our lawgiver, uh, judge and king, mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about how the three branches of government were, you know, came from the Bible. And so, and so a little bit, cause I think it probably his wife was doing most of the teaching, but he would pick things up and, and, uh, and the, and the pastor's wife would use the 1828 dictionary and, um, and I was completely oblivious to, to the red books, the Christian history of the constitution. But, um, but I came to find out later that, um, a lot of the families in that church, I'm not, it, I'm not in that church anymore, but a lot of, a lot of the families, um, in that church had the red books. And so, um, it would have been, it would have been nice to, <laughs> to be kind of in that group at the time. Mm-hmm. That kind of seems to be the way that it is because I guess our husbands are so busy working and providing for our families in general that they get drip fed the principal approach content and concepts by their wives. Sure. Um, I know that happens in our family. And I know that my husband is actually seeking out his own education in it 
more thoroughly, which is exciting. It's been a lot of years in the making, but it's very exciting to see that happen and to be able to talk with him more about it. Um, I, always, I always love doing word studies. I, I, I was a missionary for 10 years working in um, you know, full-time ministry. And whenever I would study the Bible, I, I did a lot of word studies. I, I would love to just, and I would t- I tell my kids, because now it's so easy to, you know, to search for scriptures online. But I tell them about how, I, I, you know, you take a word like love, for instance, and by hand, I would write down a hundred verses with that w- keyword in it. Um, I mean, I didn't have the blue letter Bible or anything like that. But I so wish during all that study I've done over the years, I so wish I, I uh I had the 1828 dictionary back in those days when I was writing sermons and stuff. I agree. And the word studies are really key to the principal approach. And they make rich conversations and study time even as a couple. So um, it's exciting when, when you can have friends or your spouse to sit down and go through those with and discuss the concepts and Look for God's providential hand in every. So wrapping back around to Miss Dang, you mentioned the First Things CDs. Do you know where our listeners can find those if, or if they're still available? Well, at philomathfoundation.com, you just click on the free. Philomath means lover of learning. So philomathfoundation.com, you just click on the free audio downloads and, and she has auto downloads along with free handouts uh, that go along with it. So yeah, I highly recommend listening to those. Okay, great. In fact, that's what I would tell anyone who's, anyone who's starting. Uh, we have a lot of people now that are just starting um, homeschooling because of the COVID and stuff. That's the first thing I would do is, is to listen to those because that really helps you get, get renew your mind and have the right philosophy of education. Um, and after that, then I, you know, face offers the, um, the nation, is it the nation makers self? What's their self-directed so, study guide? They renamed it. They renamed it as Renewing the Mind. Renewing the Mind, yeah. This Renewing the Mind self-directed uh, study seminar. That's that's the second thing I would do. Um, although you do need to purchase the Christian History of the Constitution book to go along with uh, your study of Renewing the Mind, which is what we did in, in Mr. Gilmore's class. We That class pretty much took us through that whole Christian History of the Constitution by Verna Hall. Did you end up studying under James B. Rose directly, or did you read through his Guide for American Christian Education book to help you along in your journey? Um, no, I never studied with him, but I did get to meet him uh, before he passed away a few years ago at the Honoring the Vision Conference in Northern California. And um, I, I just read, I, 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 when I got started, I got all the books. I got the Christian History of the Constitution. I got the Guide to American Christian Education teaching and learning America's Christian history. I have the others, but those are the three that have been the most important. Um, and so I just read through it uh, myself and I, and I reread it or at least skim, skim through it every, at the start of every school year. And there's, a, you know, just like getting, just like the Bible, every time you read it, you get more out of it. It's amazing. So tell us more about your podcast, Liberty Grows, and the direction that you're taking it in. So, um, yeah, well, so just so your listeners know, Heather and I had talked about starting a podcast together um, about a year ago, and then some things, life happened, and, and um, I wasn't able to, to do it, um, and so I was so happy when she and, and Brian started their podcast, and I was so inspired by them 
that I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and start one as well. And I am, even though I'm currently going through chemotherapy, I found uh, starting the podcast to be very life-giving and encouraging for me. And so I, um, so yeah, just about, um, what was it? Well, actually, let's see, it was last week. It was, I'm not sure when this is gonna air, but from the time we're recording, it was a week ago that I launched my podcast. So, um, and I think we probably have the same vision is just to help, um, help, you know, f- help fellow home educators, as well as bring awareness to historic American Christian education. Well, I'm really excited that you're getting your podcast going. And I, I love the ability to be able to network with each other and help get the word out there, having more than one platform available. I think that's important. And I'm looking forward to learning more from you. I know that there's a lot that you that you've studied and learned from, you know, Catherine Dang and other individuals that I have yet to learn. So it's nice to be able to sit down and kind of soak all that in from another source. Yeah, one thing I've been I've been trying to do is, um, you know, we look at how much we've learned. I mean, that's another thing that led to the to the podcast and and everything we do, whether it's you know YouTube, Facebook is we're constantly learning and we're sharing it with our children, but sometimes we want to expand, you know, just like that seed of local self-government, it grows beyond our, our, um, you know, immediate sphere. And so I know we want to help teach others what we learned and, and I'm constantly looking, you know, we talk about there's more to learn, but at the same time, we look at everything that we've learned and I'm constantly trying to boil it down. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I was one day I was, I was thinking about this, like, you know, I'm sure you get asked, well, what is the principal approach? And you kind of have a, you know, a short answer for it. But I was looking at everything I've, everything that I, all the tools in my principal approach toolbox. And I, and I came up with a few things. You want to hear a few of them? I would love to. Okay. So first we have to understand this idea that there's one God working in all the affairs of men and nations. Amen. Right. Divine providence. There's two ideas of God and man, the Christian and the pagan idea. And we can see God's invisible hand in history advancing, you know, advancing that Christian idea. Um, there's three spheres of government. The home is the first sphere. We have the home, the civil, and the home church and civil government. Those are the three spheres of government. We have the four R's, which you've done a great job of teaching your audience about in previous podcasts. Thank you. <laughs> we have we have five key charts that we use when we're studying um, history. We, we, we do, and other things, we do keyword studies. We have key events, key individuals, key institutions. And I forgot one, didn't I? So individuals, events, institutions, and documents, and keyword studies, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, institutions such as the institution of marriage, uh, the institution of slavery, so different institutions like that. Um, that. So we use these charts, in other words, though, to, to break it down. Like when we're studying a key individual, we look at their history, their influence, their character, and their contributions. Mm-hmm. And so these charts really help us when we're researching to kind of organize our research. Um, they do, they help with organizing the research, but also they help generate more ideas and questions to help you further your research. Yeah. 
And my, I was so proud of my daughter the other day. I asked her to do something and she said, can I make a T-chart? Ooh, <laughs> <So>, winning. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, we have uh, six kinds of liberties. We have seven principles of America's Christian history. And I know in your recent podcast, also people can go back and you and Brian did a great job of explaining those seven principles, which are so core to to um, you know our sub you know what we study every day and um, we have we have eight tabs in our notebook which is author maps vocabulary character setting plot theme and style nine key classics that we study now of course you could have ninety nine but I needed a number nine so <laughs> you know we can there's so many amazing books that we study from Noah Webster to uh, Heidi and Sarah Noble and um, Bronze Bow, The Apple and the Arrow. There's just a lot of tremendous um, classic literature that we study, especially in, you know, in the elementary years. And of course, Shakespeare and Dickens. And I've fallen in love with literature and history through American Christian education. And I would have told you when I was a student that history was my least favorite subject. But now as I have become the, the living textbook, I think it's my all of my children's favorite subject. And uh, finally, number 10 is the 10 links on the chain of Christianity. And again, they can go back and, and listen to your podcast where you go into depth of how important the chain of Christianity, or I, I kind of refer to it just as a timeline. I know it's more than that, but sometimes we have fancy words and people are like, what is that? It's, it's really a, a timeline. We, we do so much of, um, you know, we use maps and, and our timelines so much in our studies. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my, that's my one, two, threes of, of American Christian education. That's a great breakdown. I really like how you separate that into those parts so that people can see the whole of it. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was, I was very happy when I, well, I know it's hard to remember, remember 10. I'm probably going to do a podcast in the future where I, I put it all, pack it all into four points, but <laughs> I was, um, I felt like God just kind of gave that to me. So you had brought up literature and studying classics, and you mentioned several of the ones that we read according to like the overviews for right. the Noah plan, but typically when when a homeschooling parent hears about studying literature, they think of opening up the book, reading it together, and then having discussions right. like a so, book. So we do not do book reports. We do we we call it a literary analysis, and it's so rich. And what I really love about it because I, I think it's set my children up for success in college because they're going to know how really how to study a great uh, piece of literature and classic literature. So we, so we, um, and so as we're studying, you know, usually you start off with the setting. I, I help my children remember, remember it by telling them, you know, someone somewhere does something. That's your character, your setting and your plot. Someone somewhere does something. So you, in character, we look at both internal and external character. So we look at the internal conscience of the, of the character and their thoughts and feelings. And then, you know, just the external descriptions of them. And we use the author, we teach them to write from the author's own words. So you take, um, you, you take a direct quote, instead of jumping into creative writing early with children, they, they take a direct quote and they learn to write using great author's words. So um, I, don't, I don't have a book in front of me to give you a specific example, but you know, if it said, you know, um, if it said, you know, Heidi was a beautiful blonde girl, then, they would copy that quote with the page number 
and file that under external characterization. And um, same with style. You know, it's, it's so much beautiful writing that we come across. And, and so they copy the, um, you know, the way that the author uses allegories or uh, metaphors and um, alliteration, whatever, whatever the style may be, dialogue. And we do that for character. We do that for the setting, for the plot. And, um, and then the theme, I think you are able to discern from how the climax um, and, the, and the conflict of the story is resolved. So, um, so they basically, every, the, the key thing about the principal approach, this is the most important thing that Ms. Dang has taught me that I have not learned well because I'm more of, of a fire hydrant learner than a, than a drip method, she calls it. But the Bible tells us, you know, to build line upon line, precept upon precept. And so she's constantly reinforcing this idea of my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so the idea is we want to teach children one idea, one idea per subject per day. And that doesn't have to take a long time. You know, it's usually 15 minutes you teach them an idea that they can, that they can grasp and they don't need a lot of busy work. And so in a literature notebook page, they would just, I would just have them write one sentence, uh, just, you know, maybe describing the setting and that would be their notebook page for the day. Um, and, and it also, how much writing they do corresponds to the grade level, you know, can kind of approximate a first grader can write one sentence, a sixth grader could write six sentences. Now I know in other forms of education, a sixth grader might be writing multiple page essays, but that's okay. We're not comparing. <laughs> um, right. Because the point isn't to have as many words as possible. It's to demonstrate mastery of the subject and the application of the principles. Right. And so at the end of the book, then you have a, a literary study with, you know, all of these, all of these lines of, you know, from the character plot setting theme and style. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's a lot of rich vocabulary they learn along the way as well. Right. And because they, they develop that word bank a vocabulary words that they don't know and then they look up those words and they study the syntax yeah. of the words and yeah and we also and we always get to know the author before we read the book so studying mm -hmm. the author of where doing a map uh, doing map work of where the author is from um and you know and the understanding the history because you know the author may be from another country so understanding the history of, of that country and and how it contributed to the advancement of of the gospel and the chain of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And that's where that graphic organizer for um, people who impacted history works with even the study of an author, because you're looking at who influenced that author. What was the setting that the author lived in at the time or grew up in things like that. Right. Yeah. Good. Okay. So what is the biggest takeaway that you want the audience to have about the principal approach? Oh, what I just said, that less is more, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It, it breaks my heart when I see, you know, parents try to just re, um, you know, have bring the public school into the home. Our kids shouldn't be sitting down doing eight hours, you know, a day of work. It should really, um, knowledge should be sweet as honey to them. All right. Well, Gina, where can our listeners find access to your podcast? So you can find Liberty Grows Podcast um, on Spotify, on Apple, um, pretty much your favorite. You should be able to find it on your favorite uh, podcast platform. And also Liberty Grows uh, page on Facebook and as well as uh, 
there's a Facebook group for Liberty Grows Homeschool. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to share your heart and your experience with the principal approach. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Heather. All right. Talk with you later. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory.